Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zithra, lyre, hope, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you on this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that you... that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. As we're seated, let us turn to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father God, We gather in your house. We come to worship and to praise you. Lord, to spend time in your word, to hear you, to receive from you, Lord. We recognize your presence in this place. And Lord, we are grateful. We want more of you. Father, we want to be closer to you. May your word and your presence this morning remind each and every one of us that you love us so much that, Lord, you are with us always. Father, in this time, will you speak clearly to us? We invite your Holy Spirit to move in this place, to move in and among us. Come Holy Spirit, fill us. Come Holy Spirit, renew us. Come Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Over the last several weeks, Dr. Baker has challenged us He's indicated that his prayer has changed from God, I want to work for you to God, I want to work with you. God with us. Allow that to resonate in our hearts and our minds. God with us. Psalm 46 declares, God is our shelter and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not be afraid, even if the earth is shaken and the mountains fall into the depths of the oceans, even if the seas roar and rage and the hills are shaken by the violence. The Lord Almighty is with us. Church, do you believe that? Do you believe that God is with you? 
God, your father, is trustworthy. His word promises to be with you. Tim Hansel and the book Holy Sweat presents a beautiful illustration of God as our father, trustworthy. He tells the story about the day he and his son Zach were out in the country climbing along some cliffs and he hears a voice from above, hey dad, catch me. As he turns around to look, little Zach had jumped from the cliff before he had ever yelled, hey dad. So immediately he feels like he's in a circus act as he lunges to catch his son. He catches, the, he catches him and the two of them fall to the ground as he wrestles to catch his breath. As he comes to the place grasping, out of frustration, he says, Zach, can you give me one good reason why you did that? Zach, without hesitation, responds with remarkable calmness. And he says, sure, because you're my dad. Zach's whole assurance was based on the fact that his father was trustworthy. He knew that his father would be with him and he leaped. In this morning's text, as we read about Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, they trusted their heavenly father. Regardless of the outcome, they were willing to be thrown into the fiery furnace and trust God with the outcome. See, when God's people in the midst of crisis and in the midst of trials or temptation turn completely to him, we discover that our God, and our God alone will save us. In fact, there is safety and salvation in no other. And so the question that comes before us is to whom will we turn when the pressures of this life overcome us? When our faith is under fire, will we give in to fear? Or will we truly believe Will we truly trust that God is with us? This morning, as Eduardo read our first scripture reading from James, James says something important to us. He says, consider it pure joy when difficult times come. Do we really find pure joy in the challenges of this world? When our trials and temptations come, is our first instinct to come to a place of pure joy? When we find ourselves unable to comprehend, unable to understand, James explains the testing of your faith produces perseverance. See church, our focus must not be on the difficulties, must not be on the trials, but rather we need to lean into the hope that God purposes our trials. And here in Daniel chapter three, we witness these three young men, men of great courage, of conviction, of commitment, willing to be thrown into the fiery furnace and to trust God 
with the outcome. Let's pause for just a moment and take a little background on the story. You see, Nebuchadnezzar, as king, had conquered so much of the world that he had let it go to his head. He became prideful. He built a 90-foot statue of himself. He put his face on it for people to worship. And so as this gold statue is constructed, as we read through the text, he gives instructions. Instructions for everyone, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, you have to stop working. Kids, you've got to come out of school. You've got to come out of your homes. You've got to gather. And as soon as the music starts to play, you've got to bow down and worship before the statue. Worship him as God. And so Nebuchadnezzar goes on proclaiming that if you don't believe what he's telling you, if you don't believe in him, if you don't bow down, he says, I'm going to throw you into a blazing furnace. I'll talk about motivation for people. I'm going to throw you into a burning furnace if you don't believe. Even the skeptics were believing in that moment. The time came and the music played and seas of thousands and thousands and thousands began to bow down. But there were three who stuck out like a sore thumb because they remained standing as they stood, what they proclaimed to those around them that day, what they proclaimed to us is they were willing to stand in awe of God, even if it meant they would stand alone. And that day they stood alone and they were brought before the king. And now again, let's pause for just a moment because see, when the king had surrounded Jerusalem and had taken many of, the, of Israel's finest captives, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were among those taken captive. However, over time, they had found favor with the king. He likes these guys. These guys were successful. They had been promoted many times because of their wisdom and their integrity because they were following the one true God. There was a special anointing on them. People saw there was something different about these guys. The king liked them. And so he doesn't really want to throw them into the fiery furnace. So if you look at verse 15, what we find is he gives them a second chance. They had not bowed when everyone else did, but he says, if you're ready, if you're ready now to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. And he doesn't stop there. He says, but if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into the burning furnace. And then he asked them, then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Church, think about it for just a moment. This is the only time that we hear about these guys. We never hear about them again. And think about this. What if they had bowed in that moment? 
with the thousands of others that were bowing that day? What if these young men had lived 15 to 20 years of their life loving and serving God? But in just a few seconds, they bowed because everyone else was. That's what everyone else is doing. And they had bowed and stood up again saying, hey, God understands. And then they went on to live the next 75 years of their life. We would have never heard their names, but because they stood, they stood for God. Here we are talking about them thousands of years later. See, church, our legacy, your legacy, my legacy will be determined by where and when you and I stand in the defining moments of our life. And we can't determine when those defining moments will come. But in every life, those defining moments occur. And sometimes those defining moments are moments that we didn't ask for, that we didn't plan on. And there in verse 16, these three men respond to his question. And they say, we don't need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we're thrown into the burning furnace, God will save us. He's able to save us and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. Listen to this next part. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you've set up. These three young men didn't step to the side for an emergency meeting to get on the same emotional page. And the text doesn't indicate to me that they had planned ahead of what they would say to the king before they were dragged in front of him. Because see, what I realize is that for people with true conviction, certain decisions have already been made. We don't need to defend ourselves, they say to him. No amount of discussion would change their response. The one simple fact was that they would not bow down no matter what. Church, the question comes, have, have we predetermined our loyalty to Christ? In other words, have we already answered the question in our hearts and in our minds? Is there anything that could make us turn away from him? Is there any circumstance in our life, an unhealed disease, an unanswered prayer that would cause us to renounce our faith in Christ? And when I say unanswered prayer, maybe I should say prayers answered the way we think they should be answered. You know, it's those moments that test our faith. They test our trust. At 18 years old, I thought I knew everything about everything. And you couldn't have told me any differently. And maybe I'm the only one who experienced that. But I knew exactly what I wanted out of life. And I had a plan as to how I was going to achieve those things. 
Now, one of the things that I had wanted and had wanted as long as I could remember was that I wanted to get married. I wanted to have a family and I wanted to live happily ever after. So my high school sweetheart and I married six months after we graduated high school. And I was convinced that we would be the next leave it, leave it to Beaver family. We were gonna have much cooler clothes and better hairstyles, but we would be that family. Shortly after we married, we moved to Chicago and later on to Florida. I had my fairy tale wedding, but I began to feel the heat of the furnace. Somehow we lost the happily ever after. See, the once gentle and loving man that I married became very angry and controlling. He was emotionally and physically abusive, torn down, ripped apart, rejected. My faith was tested. Trusting and believing God was with me was a challenge. I prayed for a miracle and I waited and I waited. Now, if you're taking notes or if you have your Bible, I want to encourage you to look at verse 18 and underline these five words. Even if he does not, these three young men with these simple words declared to the king and those around, we trust in God. We believe God is with us. Even in the prayers that we pray and the miracles that we seek that sometimes don't come the way we envisioned them. We have to position ourselves in such a way knowing that miracles come from only one source, the one true God. And they say, but even if he doesn't rescue us from the fire, we're still going to stand in this place of hope. We know that he is the source of our hope and we will stand in this place. And we're gonna leave the results up to God. And the following verses beyond what we read this morning, we begin to see a change in the king. The text says that he becomes furious and he orders the furnace to be turned up seven times hotter than usual. And then he, then he has the three men bound and thrown into the burning furnace. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to look at verse 24 with me this morning. Because here in verse 24, what we hear is the king leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his adversaries, Weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly your majesty. He says, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Yes, God was with them. The fourth looks like a son of the gods because it was God with them. John chapter one, verse one says, in the beginning, the word, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. 
Without him, nothing has been made. God was in the flames. God is in the midst of our trials and our temptations, even when we fail to see him. Christ appears all throughout the Old Testament. He's been there since the beginning. He's always been there and he will always be there right in the middle of the flames. What a powerful picture to see because as a follower of Christ, there's gonna be times that we walk through the flames. There's gonna be temptations and trials. There's going to be loss and there's going to be pain, but you never have to go through it alone. Christ will walk with you through the fire. He will see you through the fire. You know, sometimes we believe that once we've surrendered our lives to Christ, that it should just be easy, that life's gonna be easy and we're not gonna face those trials and those pains and those heartaches. But you know what I've begun to realize is we pretty much walk through the same things, the hurt and the pain and the sorrow. But there's one huge difference as a follower of Christ, and it's a difference that makes all, it makes all the difference in the world is that we never have to go through it alone. You will never have to go through the fire by yourself because God is with you. He walks in and through the fire. He will see you through. All those years ago in the midst of my fear, in the midst of my brokenness, what I felt were unanswered prayers, God was with me. And as the furnace was turned up, Christ carried me and my precious son out of the fiery furnace. God was with me. He set me free. It was by his grace, his love, and his mercy that he healed me. Even though God doesn't cause the fire, God doesn't bring it into our lives. He allows us to go through the fire. Sometimes he allows us to go through the fire to burn off all the things that bind us, all the things that hold us back, all the things that keep us from experiencing the glory of God, God's true purposes for our lives. It all burned away. Everything that bound them was gone and they were free to follow God's purpose. And after they came out, they weren't at all burned. The king was amazed. And in verse 28, there's a powerful witness in this moment. As the king declares, praise be to God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted him and defiled the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any God except their own. That's a powerful testimony in this moment for this king to realize, hey, I'm not God, he's God. And that's what happens when the world sees you and I walking through the fire, being filled with hope. The world says, I don't have that, but I want it. Church, be assured today, he sees you. He's with you. He sees your pain. It breaks his heart. 
He hasn't forgotten you. He's still at work. Through even the most difficult times, God is with us. He is God. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen.
Thank you for watching our broadcast this morning. I'd like to personally invite you to join us for Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 11 on our campus at 300 West Irwin Street, downtown Tyler. God's up to something here at Marvin Church, and I don't want you to miss out. I hope you'll visit our website to learn more about our church, its ministry, and serving opportunities. And if we can be of any help and assistance in your spiritual growth, I hope you let us know.